You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of the Seminole Nation, happy Monday and welcome to Locked On Seminoles. I'm your host, Max, and with me as always, I've got Dave. Dave, how are we doing, buddy? Doing great. Uh, here on the road, obviously, I had to go up and see mom for Mother's Day. Shout out to all the moms out there. Happy Mother's Day. Of course, of course. Happy Mother's Day. Also, I'm sure my mom's listening to this. I, I texted her this morning, but but happy Mother's Day, mom. Uh, this episode of Locked on Seminoles is brought to you all by Built Bar. 18 great flavors, 18 great tastes, 17 grams of protein, only 5 grams of sugar. So grab a Built Bar for all your pre-workout, post-workout needs. If you need a snack, whatever you need, Built Bar's got your back. So we got a lot to talk about today. Monday, we're coming off a big sports weekend. We got some baseball, some soccer, some golf some recruiting, and then a little bit of basketball news to, you know, sprinkle on top of all of that. So uh, let's dive in. I'm going to start with baseball, if that's all right, Dave. You mind if we uh, mind if oh, we yeah. go to baseball first? Might be the best news of the day. I think it is. So if y'all have been listening, I have been saying for probably the better part of two months that this Notre Dame series, barring a Notre Dame implosion, was going to be an extremely good litmus test for how we look going into the postseason you know we're at the point now where we've got we've got three series left so we got to play we got to play fgcu clemson and the nc state Wolfpack. but notre dame this late in the year was by far the best team on our schedule some polls have them as low as eight or nine some polls have them as high as number two so they're a pretty good baseball team and we had to go play them on the road uh in x stadium or whatever they call it, Frank X Stadium, up in South Bend, Indiana. So I, I was really pleased with the performance. You know, we went out there Friday. We beat them 5-2. to two. Uh, my, my star from that game, by the way, was Parker Messick. He threw for six, the first six innings. Uh, he had eight strikeouts on 105 pitches, and he notched his sixth win of the year. Then on Saturday, we had a doubleheader against the Irish, and we lost the first game three to five, but we came roaring back and just absolutely brained them seven to one in the last game of the series for us to get a two to one series win. Uh, I think that was Notre Dame's first series loss in a while. And yeah, it just, it's, it's all great there. I mean, Dave, you know, you and I talked about this um, several times and I think I actually said it on the pod last week, you know, you, you, you got to have it all come together, right? You can't, you can't win a championship on just pitching. You can't win it on just hitting. You need that synergy. And this week we had it. I mean, dude, Baldor go with three for three from the plate in game three. Hare, Crowell, and Purdue in the last game, those three finished out the last four innings, only allowing one run. So our starting pitchers were on fire. Our relievers and closers were on fire. And the bats got hot. Our right fielder, he decided to jack a three-run homer to win that game when it was 2-2 two to two against Notre Dame in the first game. He goes up there, pops a three-runner, his ninth of the uh, – I'm sorry, his 12th of the year. Jack Anderson came in in that first game uh, as the reliever. He was incredible. Dude, you want to hear a crazy stat about, about Anderson's pitching? Of course I do. He walked a batter. 
That was his first walk in 29.1 innings pitched. <laughs> you gotta laugh at that, right? I mean, it's almost funny. Right. I mean, that's 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 accuracy. And then it, he uh, he he has 37 strikeouts in his last 30 innings pitched. So for a reliever, uh, that's pretty darn good. And again, like I said, you know, we needed sort of the the uh, triumphant right of hair curl and Purdue to close out the last game. But to me, it's almost more encouraging when you can have multiple pitchers come in and close a game. Cause that shows like, you know, if one of those guys, let's say we bring in someone and he gets lit up for two runs real quick. Well, he's not our only reliever. We've got other guys that can take care of business. So I think going into the postseason, I, I honestly, I'm not saying we're going to Omaha. I'm not saying we're going to win a championship, but I will say I went from cautiously optimistic to extremely optimistic about this team headed into these last couple series of the year. Yeah, I'm in the same boat with you. I, I think I've been probably the most skeptical about the team because we've beat the good teams and lost to the bad teams, like inexplicable North Florida losses. But you want to get hot at the right time, like you said. And we're definitely doing that right now. The question's never been the pitching with this team. They gave up, what, nine combined runs in three games to the number two team in the country? It just The pitching continues to just be lights out. It's always been the bats that we've kind of wondered about. And they went out and scored five and seven in games one and three, right? Yep. Yeah, so the total score was 15 to nine across the three games. Yeah, that's, that's a hell of a performance against a team like that. That gives you an idea of what this team's capable of. And like you said, I'm not going to pick them to win the College World Series, but I think they're a team that is talented enough to make it there. And I just want to see him go out. I'd love to see him close the season taking care of the games that we should win, but that earlier in the season you'd have to wonder about. I apologize. Uh, Dave just broke up for a moment, folks. Uh, like he said, he went to see his mother. So he's, he's look, Dave's a trooper. He's a road warrior. He is, uh, he's talking to us from the road instead of just jamming out to music. And for that, I am very appreciative. But, yeah, man, you're absolutely right. We have now won five of our last six series, dating all the way back to April 2nd. And for me, I think I, I don't put as much stake in the one-off games, you know, like losing to Jacksonville University. It sucks. It wasn't fun. But I kind of look at the series. And right now, the Florida State Seminoles are 10-3 and three in series this year. So, I, you know, I, that's, that's pretty darn good. And if this team can keep playing like that, folks, I am, again, I'm, I'm very optimistic for what we can do in the postseason. So, again, we got to play a two-gamer against FGCU this Tuesday and Wednesday. Then this Friday at home, we're going to have Clemson for just a traditional three-game series. And then the Thursday after that, we go on, we go on the road and we play NC State up at Doak Field. Interesting. Uh Thursday the 20th the 21st the 22nd so yeah man if if we can win you know I'll count FGCU in there you know if we can win like I don't know was that six eight games if we can win five of those games I'm gonna feel pretty good about us headed into the conference tournament two weeks from this Tuesday well and I'll tell you what I feel good going in seeing what we've done on the road this season I mean beating Notre Dame two or three is always great whether at home or on the road but like everyone we've played on the road this season has been a ranked team practically and we've taken care of business on the road. Great to see. And that gives you a chance in the postseason. Yeah. And you know, one thing I've always talked about is I think FSU has had plenty of times where we look better than we actually were, 
because we are such a hard stadium to play in. And I've, yeah. I've hypothesized that that's why a lot of times we like to pull an O and two in a barbecue because we'll win, like we'll host the super regional so hard to play in that stadium. We'll beat a team. We shouldn't. And then we get to Omaha where we don't have the animals singing the Canadian national anthem behind the batter. <laughs> and it's a lot harder to, it's a lot harder to play in those, those circumstances. So yeah, being able to do that on the road is huge. And, uh, Super, super proud of those guys. So make sure y'all keep watching a few more series. You know, you can usually find it on the uh, dreaded ACC network. You can find it on the radio, but check out what the boys are doing. And if you want to make the games a little more interesting, well, I got a solution. Head on over to betonline.ag. They've got lines, props on pretty much any sport you could imagine. And, you know, when you put a little money on the game, you basically become an SEC fan. It just means more. So go to betonline.ag, make an account, and use promo code Locked On, and they'll actually give you a 50% welcome bonus. Five zero, 50. So you put in 100 bucks, your account will now have 150 in it. And if you make some good picks, you can win some free money. So before we dive into golf, I also want to give a quick shout out to uh, the ladies on the pitch, as they call it. Uh, guys our girls soccer team if you have not been following they're phenomenal i mean they're one of the best in the country perennially they they have a national championship i believe uh 2018 was their last one and they are always a force to be reckoned with this year's no different uh last week they took care of penn state then they went on this weekend they had to play duke they took care of them five to three and penalty kicks and they will be moving on to play texas christian university in the semifinals. So that means the girls are one win away from another national championship appearance. And yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what to say, man. Like it's just crazy. The program we have there, I understand that, you know, it isn't maybe get the hype of football, but I, I think it's just, it's kind of a credit to the administration and just the way they've been able to sort of use the resources to build this, this, this multi-sport dominance. I mean, guys, Ladies, whoever whoever I'm talking to, yeah, we have pros right in every sport right now. We've got folks in the MLB. We've got folks out. We've got a woman playing for the uh, Venezuelan national team, and I believe she plays professionally in Spain, something like that. Drake knows better than I do. Um, we're crushing it in uh, softball. Is also again going to have a great year this year. They just won a national championship a couple years ago. We've got several guys in the NBA. I mean, when's the last time, you know, we had Florida State alumni making Sports Center from the NBA? You know what I mean? And now we've got guys yeah. out there, Trent Forrest dropping 15 points. We got Jonathan Isaac out there. Uh, Malik Beasley's coming along pretty nicely. So just, I think we all need to take a moment to realize, and Dave, you make this point all the time. We are a football school. No yep. but about it. We're a football school. That's what we care about. That's what we love. That's what we focus on. And I think, you know, the, the, the smartest thing I ever heard from a professor was so simple, right? What gets rewarded gets done. So you would think that we would just focus on football, but it's incredible how, despite our fan base being so rabidly football focused, we have built this just breadth of dominance uh, across all the sports. So I don't really know where I was going with that, but you know, just just take a moment to appreciate it, folks. It's uh, it's impressive stuff. 
Yeah, you know, I'm not a doctor, but let me be your therapist here for a second. If you're a Florida State fan who's sad about football, pay attention to all of the other sports because no matter which one you pick, you're probably going to be pretty happy. It is incredible that, like you said, for a school that pumps money into football, and even though we're not doing great in it, we're still pumping the money into it and really doesn't into all the other sports. We, we don't put nearly the focus financially as I'm sure everyone knows, into any other sport. And yet, soccer is like the 90s Bobby Bowden teams at this point. Just every year you expect them to make a championship appearance or win it, which is nuts. And, you know, you'll get to it. Golf's doing great. Baseball, basketball, it's just everything. It's like we're becoming Stanford at this point. That's absolutely right. So, and I think it's only going to get better. I mean, we spoke with Michael Alford. Y'all can go back and find our episode with him and, uh, I've spoken with a couple other folks that work for the boosters, uh, spoken with a couple people that work for the administration, and they are very focused on excellence on every field or ex- or every court, right? They want to be good at everything. Oh, you, we forgot to mention the ladies' beach volleyball team. They are a high seed going into nationals. They just won their conference. I mean, yeah. dude, every freaking sport. And uh, tennis, isn't tennis ranked like number two in the country right now? Or they're it's just hard to remember them all. They're all so good. So I, I don't want to get off topic, but you know they they very much preach that that full approach to every sport. But I I've realized at first I was pissed off about that to be honest. Not when Michael Alford said it, but I, I have frankly been the one to beat the drum of like I don't care about other sports. I just want to win football games. But I think these guys have a real plan. They they know how to look at finances. They know how to do it the right way to make it so we can dominate every sport and football can get back to where we want it to be. And if that's the case, well then, yeah, I'm fine. Like I, I would love the football team to win national championships or just be competitive again and then be able to list off this string of dominance in all these other sports too. Yeah. You know, it's not the same water cooler talk saying, Hey, you know, we, we took you out in the beach ball competition, won the championship, but you should still be proud of that program and all these programs, pretty much everything but football right now. I'm not saying you shouldn't be proud of football, but man, does it feel good to be good at almost everything else. Yeah, no, exactly. So I want to keep going on that um, and talk about golf. So pretty cool development this weekend. I guess it was, it was pretty planned, but we haven't talked about it yet. John Pack, who is just one of the best golfers to come from through Florida state, uh, frankly, I mean, he's, he's going to be, I'm not going to say the next Brooks kept Brooks, the, the next Kepka or burger, but Could be. he's going to be up there with them. I mean, this kid is something special. So this weekend he's playing in the Walker cup down at Seminole country club in South Florida. And what that is, is that is essentially the Ryder cup, but for, um, you know, amateurs. So he's playing in that representing team USA against the great Britain slash Irish team. And yeah, I don't know. We'll let y'all know tomorrow how he ended up doing. The uh, the round hasn't concluded yet as of us filming this. But man, that kid is good. His scoring average is like a 69.8, which is the lowest since Berger's scoring average of 69.7 back when he was here in 2013. And anytime you can have your name mentioned in the same sentence as a PGA Tour winner, well, <laughs> you're doing something right. Yeah, just... You know, you're going to have three guys from Florida State on the PGA Tour pretty soon competing. And that's never happened before for us, right? That's incredible. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I'm not – 
I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. Um, but I don't, I mean, the fact Either that way. I can't remember it makes me think that it probably is. And, you know, I, I frankly think that we're going to have, um, you know, three, three players that are all very good on the tour. You know, I think back to yeah. sort of the, the legend, right. From Florida state is, uh, not the, I mean, Brooks Kepka is over past it, but you know, it was always like Paul Azinger. Like that was kind of our, yeah. our guy, right. Shout out Paul Azinger actually went to a Sarasota high school with my mom. Same time. They were classmates. Uh, <laughs> she has this funny story. <laughs> she was talking to one of her friends and um, she was like, you know, when, when's the, do you, do you play golf? Cause my mom's like trying to find me people to play golf with down here. And he was like, you know, I haven't played golf since Paul Azinger beat me in ninth grade. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, God. a great person that beat you. You know, he's got like, I don't know. I think he's won like <laughs> 20 times on the tour. He's, you know, he's won the PGA championship. And in fact, it was funny because he is one of like, oh gosh, I wish I remembered this. There's a hole on Augusta that he's one of like eight people to ace. So anyway, he's a Florida State guy. But point being, we're now going to have, you know, Brooks, Berger. And I think John Pack is is going to be really competitive but I'm interested to see how they do in the postseason. It was uh, it was just announced last week that Florida State will be the number one seed in their in their regional, which will actually be at the uh, at the golf course, so the Seminole Golf Course. And the region's got 14 teams in it. You got teams like Georgia, Georgia Tech, uh, LIU is the 14 seed. Not a hundred percent sure who that is. Uh, LSU will be there, TCU, Indiana, Kansas, USC, um, Ohio State, Davidson, and actually our neighbors, uh, our neighbors to the east, Florida A&M will be there as well. So have a little cross-town competition there. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. So I'm going to try to cover some of that, but it will be uh, it will be on Golf Channel. There'll be some select coverage, so we'll see what we can find. I've got my daughter with me Mondays and Tuesdays, so I may try to make it up there Wednesday, but uh, no promises. And with COVID, I don't know. I don't know what it's going to look like anyway. But I'm really excited going into that. Dave, have you have you had the chance to play Seminole? Yeah, you know, you were just talking about going to the course. I'd prefer to stay as far away from it as possible right now because I used to love playing that course when I wasn't playing well because I'd go and shoot something great. And last time I played out there, I did not break on. It doesn't feel good. Yeah, yeah, dude. I mean, dude, my golf game, though, has been like – it just – it. I don't know. It hasn't been a good place. I last summer, I think I got myself down to like a 13 and then school, you know, I started, I started my MBA program, like between that and Charlotte and work. Like I just, you know, I, I, I find I'm able to get out there like every two weeks. Like I played on Friday. The problem is I just don't have the time to practice between rounds. So I'm, I'm you know, it's funny. I was thinking about what y'all talked about with Austin. Like Friday was a great example. My game was inconsistent flashes. Uh, you know, I had a couple a couple big booming drives, um, you know, had a couple couple good shots, but, you know, the pitching, the putting, none of that's there. So I am very much looking forward to being done with the school program so I can actually go, you know, spend my time working on my handicap because I'm probably like a like a 20 at this point. Yeah, we are not close to John Packett golf. No. No, we are not. But that's okay, folks, because look. You can't always compare yourself to the absolute best, right? It's it's the way we don't compare ourselves to Kirk Herbstreit. Like we know that we're we're a great podcast and y'all enjoy listening to us and 
you know, and not going to lie. It's pretty awesome to see like thousands of people, you know, listening to us when we can see our listener numbers, but Hey, you know, we're not quite college game day and on the golf course, I'm not quite John pack. And because I'm not quite John pack, let me just let y'all know that course is hellish. I hit probably eight or nine greens. I stuck one of them one. And that was yeah. when I hit, like I hit the flippiest six iron, just literally thought, okay, I'm going to keep my hand speed up and I'm just going to throw my wrists at it. Hoping I could, you know, kind of like you do with a wedge and a flop shop when you try to just, you try to just like, you know, flip, uh, you know what I'm talking about? So you, even though the, yeah. the tall grass is there, you could still get some spin on it. I tried that. Yep. It worked, but like, it's a super dangerous shot to try. So best of luck to these guys on this course. I, I don't know if they're going to make it, you know, if they're going to do to it, like, you know, what other country clubs do for the PGA where they find ways to make it harder. <laughs> that's a terrifying, that's a terrifying prospect. Yeah. I don't need, I don't need to watch people make that course look easy because that'll make me never want to golf again. No, I feel you. But you know, it does make me want to golf again, Dave. What's that, Max? Knowing that when my stomach starts to grumble, like five or six holes and maybe two or three adult beverages in, I don't have to rely on a hot dog anymore. That's because I've discovered Bilt Bar. Dude, I took two of them with me, with, with me to the course on Friday. I crushed one on the fifth hole. Then I birdied number six. Coincidence? I think not. And then after, you know, we may have had some uh, some refreshments. We uh, I decided right. my second one on the 14th. And then I, I – no, I, I tripled the 15th. But I did birdie the 16th. So, I mean, maybe the Bilt Bar just hadn't kicked in yet. Um, you know, yeah, nothing like going triple to a birdie. And then I don't even, I think 17, I probably bogeyed it, but it, it doesn't matter. Guys, Bilt Bar is incredible. Uh, I always used to take a candy bar with me out to the course. Uh, this is way better. I mean, it tastes like a candy bar. There's like 18 flavors. They've got coconut, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, which is mine. And, and a whole bunch of other ones. It's 17 grams of protein, so you get just as much protein as, like, the big bars, but it's only 130 calories. It's only, like, 4 grams of sugar and 4 grams of carbs. Uh, some get up to, like, 180 calories, but you get 18 grams of protein with those, like the peanut butter brownies. So go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. Eat some Built Bars now. Thank me later. So let's talk about the two recruiting things that we need to talk about. I mean, one's recruiting, one's personnel, but uh, we're going to play some good cop, bad cop, if that's all right with you, David. Love it. Great. Which one am I going to be? Let me guess. You're going to be the bad cop, buddy. I, you know, right. the, the thing is, it's just, it's just, it's because you're so likable that I think most of our listeners <laughs> probably just naturally like you more than they like me. So like, if I can deliver good news, you know what I'm saying? Then it, it'll balance. It. I, I, I accept that burden. Yeah. So sorry, buddy. You're so nice that you got to be the bad guy. Well, this weekend, Florida State picked up a huge commit. Let me say it again. A huge commit at a massive position of need. Three-star, 87 on his rating, though. So a very high three-star offensive tackle, Ba. I don't know how to say his first name, and and I I it, it's – I hate mispronouncing people's names. I wish they would give us the pronunciation guide like they do in the press box, but he's a six foot six, 325 pound offensive tackle straight out of IMG. Now, if y'all remember our interview with Moose Lewis, the high school coach, he told us with three stars, you got to look at two things. Where are their offers from? 
and what do they look like on tape? Now, full disclosure, folks, I'm not like the guys over at Tomahawk Nation's triple option. If you haven't watched that, by the way, uh, Trey Roland is the host of it. And then the, the two other contributors from Tomahawk Nation go to YouTube, check it out. It's called the triple option. They do a really good film breakdown. Like you actually kind of feel like you're in the room with your high school coach learning. That's not what I do. So I, I can watch offensive line film, but like, dude, he's six, six, 325 pounds. He, he blocks every high schooler they put in front of him. You know, I don't, okay. I guess, I guess that's good. <laughs> But looks looking at his, right, exactly. I'm like, uh, looks like he can block. Uh, but I thought that about, uh, you know, some of the guys that are currently on our roster. So his offers, right. though, his top six were us, the Gators, the Sooners, the Nittany Lions, Texas, and Texas A&M. Hey, man, that's a list of schools. If we're beating them out for recruits, I'm feeling really, really good about how we're doing on the trail. Oh, yeah, definitely. And that's big because, as we were talking about in our group chat, I was worried when A.J. Duffy committed to us because what about Nico, who had been a very vocal recruiter for Florida State? That's a great point. Well, Nick Duffy's been committed for like a week, and already one of his teammates, like you said, at a big position of need, had already jumped on board despite the fact that I had never heard his name until Duffy committed. Yeah, man, I think that's absolutely right. Um, I think it's definitely the A.J. Duffy effect. It's really, really exciting to see that. And I, I'm pumped. I mean, I love the fact that we're getting someone at a position of need. And I feel like we've had to kind of do this thing where, you know, we're, oh, we got an offensive lineman. Could he play tackle? No, this kid is six foot six, three. Like he is a prototypical tackle. And that is what we desperately need. Will he start in year one? Um, I don't know. I mean, we needed Dante too. So, you know, I, if he's actually 325, and we can get him in a Storms weight program all summer. Uh, I, I don't see why he doesn't sort of replace DLT next year um, coming off the line. So we'll see. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm really excited to get a big commit. And, you know, look, it's guys, it is freaking May. You know, everyone talked about last year, myself included, how like, you know, oh, recruiting is such a long process. Are we behind the eight ball? You know, can Norvell catch up? Dude, he's caught up. We now have the number one recruiting class in the ACC. We've got two four-star quarterbacks committed to us. We have two, well, one five-star DB committed to us, one in Sam McCall, who I think is a five-star in some places, but a high four in others. So he's not a not a composite five-star. But yeah, we've we've gotten a lot of great recruits. So I'm I'm really, really pumped for this class because again, it's May. I mean, we've got all season. We look good on the field. We're gonna solidify kids and and probably get a couple more. Now we gotta go to the bad news. It's not uh not recruiting exactly, but it is personnel. So David, will you fill the people in about uh about what happened on the hardwood? Yeah, so Sadar Calhoun announced his entry into the transfer portal and it feels like everyone on the basketball team has left for draft reasons or otherwise. There is, there's a lot of turnover and not a lot of continuity coming back next year. Good news is we have another great recruiting class in coming in. This, it's, it's the Leonard, Leonard Hamilton special every year at this point with recruiting, but it's great to have continuity and there's not going to be a whole lot of it next. No, yeah, and that and that's kind of scary to see because, like you said, that you know, 
we are known for having guys get into the system, spend time in the yep. system, and then, you know, perfect the system. But we've also seen that, you know, uh, we can do it with some one and dones, you know, Scotty Barnes, uh, we, you know, Malik Beasley, Vassell, or Vassell was here for two years, wasn't he? I don't know. Anyway, whatever. But we've seen that we can have turnover. I guess that's what I was thinking was we lost Vassell. We lost Beasley. We lost Trent Forrest. And we still made a sweet 16. Like, dude, if a Florida State team in 2000, whenever, had lost their three best players, we would be, like, looking at, you know, flights to the NIT. So the fact that we had that kind of turnover and still made a sweet 16, and now we've got this recruiting class coming in, I mean, you got to feel optimistic, right? No, I still look still optimistic. At this point, you have to trust Leonard Hamilton. This team, at this point, is expected to make the NCAA tournament, which not very long ago at Florida State you would have laughed at. Leonard Hamilton has done that good of a job, and I trust him at this point to keep the machine rolling. And look, Sir Calhoun, I, I wish we didn't lose him. He's a super athletic kid. I wish we didn't lose everyone that's leaving. Right? I mean. I really wish Balsa was coming back. I really wish Raycon, Raekwon Gray was coming back. They're, they're big losses. I understand why they left. But, again, there's nothing, you know, there's no reason to worry. There's nothing going on behind the scenes that should cause you concern. We should still be a good team next year. Yeah, I think that's right. I, look, personally, I'm going to miss Balsa. I wish he'd stayed. I get why Raekwon left. I mean, he made such a massive jump that I think when you improve like that one year to the next, they're going to see that. Teams are going to think, okay, what can we do with him, right? And he doesn't, you know, he is NBA ready almost. So I'm, I think he's probably going to be the steal of the draft, uh, the giraffe, the, dra- the giraffe. Good job, Max. Good words. <laughs> Folks, I'm sorry. It's Sunday. I, you know, I'm doing my best over here. But the draft, I think, is late July. So best of luck to all those guys. I hope every single one of them, you know, gets taken off the board. And I, I'm actually starting to watch more NBA because now it's getting to the point where there's so many FSU guys in the NBA. So I, I never watched an NBA game. And now it's like, well, shoot, we got like six or seven guys active. Next year, we'll probably have over 10 guys active. So that's that's just exciting and a testament to what Leonard Hamilton has turned this program into. So bad news for now, but I think... I think you're absolutely right, David. I think in the aggregate, this team's going to be just fine, and I'm pumped for next year. Folks, that's all the time we've got today. It kind of bums me out when I only get to spend 30 minutes with you, but I get to do it every day. So we will see y'all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed tomorrow. I hope every single one of you has a great Monday. As always, thank you so much for listening to us. I know it's May and it's the summer and you've got other stuff going on. Kids are getting out of school. You're planning vacations. You're not, maybe not even thinking that much about FSU sports in the moment, but the fact that, you know, hundreds and thousands of y'all take time to listen to us every day. It, it really does mean the world to us. And I absolutely love having y'all along for the ride. So make sure you like share and follow us wherever you get your uh, your podcast from whether that's apple odyssey stitcher spotify you name it just follow us that way we uh you know we always pop up to the top of your feed and you don't have to go looking for us if you like us which it seems like a lot of y'all do or you listen to us because you hate us which there's there's therapists for that <laughs> figure figure that out um you know make sure to leave us a review in fact uh i think we got one Got one a couple days ago from NC Null Player said, 
Love listening to FSU fans every day, exclamation point. Thank you, NC Knoll player. Uh, glad we got identified as fans, not journalists. It's kind of our right. shtick. Yep. But, you know, so again, thanks for listening, folks. Follow us on social, at Knowles Anonymous, at Max Moody 17 is me. I always forget what Drake's is, but he'll tell you next episode he's on. So let's wrap it up. That's your Monday edition of Locked on Seminoles. I'm your host, Max, and with me, have my boy, Dave. And we'll see y'all tomorrow. Happy Monday. Go Knowles, baby.